Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Faces of TBI podcast series, the number one podcast for brain injury and concussion resources. I am Amy Zellmer, founder of Faces of TBI and your host. Today, I am chatting with author of The Compassionate Snob, Sherry McIntyre, about her AVM journey. This episode is brought to you by Integrated Brain Centers. Located in Denver, Colorado, Dr. Shane Stedman and Perry Maynard are experts in functional neurology and treat complex concussion cases from around the country. With over 20 years combined experience, they are leaders in helping patients who are suffering from post-concussion symptoms, including dizziness, vertigo, headaches, and more. For your free consultation, you can find them online at integratedbraincenters.com. Hello, I am Amy Zalmer, and you're listening to Faces of TBI, a podcast series for survivors by survivors, raising awareness about traumatic brain injury, one podcast at a time. Those of you who might not know who I am, I am a TBI survivor from a fall on the ice in February of 2014. I'm a frequent contributor to the Huffington Post, Thrive Global, and the Goodman Project, and I am author of Life with a Traumatic Brain Injury, Finding the Road Back to Normal, available on Amazon. Additionally, I'm editor-in-chief of The Brain Health Magazine. You can grab your free digital subscription at thebrainhealthmagazine.com. Save the date for March 16th, my virtual brain injury awareness day event. You can register at facesoftbi.com slash event. And you can learn more about me and the podcast at facesoftbi.com. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zellmer. Also, I invite you to join my private Facebook group, Amy's TBI Tribe, to connect with other survivors, caregivers, and loved ones. Today, my guest is Sherry McIntyre, and Sherry had an AVM rupture in her cerebellum four years ago. She wrote a book called The Compassionate Snob as her recovery project, although she didn't realize it at the time. Since she can no longer work, the book gave her a way to be productive. So welcome to the podcast, Sherry. I'm so happy to have you here. Hi, Amy. Thank you. I, I am so grateful and that to be here and tell my story, but I am so grateful for you and all your listeners, everyone that is here today. I can't tell you how happy I am to share this Aww. with you. And that's so sweet of you. Thank you, you for and what you're doing. I think what you're doing is excellent, by the way. Thank you. And, you know, I, I feel like we've been connected for a long time, but I mean, clearly it's been only four years or less, um, but I'm, I'm just so happy to have you here. I've enjoyed watching your journey and I know um, one of the things, you know, you talk about is your speech and how your speech has been impaired. Um, what yeah. has that been like for you and having um, I'm, I'm sure you probably people think you're drunk or something once in a while. I know oh, they do, yeah. something, yeah, something I hear a lot from survivors. Yeah, because um, my vestib, it's more physical, but it has some mental impact too. But um, it's a lot of physicality things. 
um, the stipulus system was a big, it's a big word, but it has affected my vestibular, my walking and everything, yeah. mostly my physical things. Yeah. 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 But so I learned a lot and um, to share it with people. But I found that, that like a lot of people don't know, but I love, love, love your videos. That you oh. have helped me tremendously more than anybody else you have helped. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so sweet I read your Sherry. book. I, 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 everything. I think you were helping so many people because you're bringing it to the forefront. And I was very alone. I, I, I and even my family, they didn't know what yeah. to do to help me. And thank goodness, my sister is a social worker. She works at a nursing home, and she gave me so many good tips. That I didn't have, but now I realize because I educated myself and my brain because of neuroplasticity is working better. I used to have all these weird feelings like in my head, like, and um, and I realized it was probably my nerves growing back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I am nowhere near today what I was. It, it, it has been now five years because I celebrated my anniversary on New Year's Day very soon. But so I keep pushing myself. Through, um, for those listening who might not be familiar what an AVM is, um, it's basically um, when an aneurysm ruptures. But maybe you can talk us through like what that is, what that yeah. means. Well, well, it's a big word. I, I forget. I can't say it, pronounce it, but it's in my book. And um, what, how my doctor described it to me, it's a bunch of um, veins that grew abnormally into um, an artery. And the artery was pumping blood through these veins. And then one day it just couldn't handle, the veins couldn't handle the blood anymore, the blood flow, and they ruptured. And so I had a brain, a significant brain hemorrhage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then my brain, it's kind of like a diary. It just goes through everything I went through. And when it happened, um, what what did you experience? Like, did you know something was wrong and that something was happening to you? Uh, well, at the ver- at second, God, my um, husband and my daughter were here because I I came out of the bathroom. I didn't feel, I, I I don't really remember, but my hands started shaking up and down uncontrollably. So my daughter goes, "Are you all right?" I go, "Call your father." And then he came in, and I my hands were going up and down. And I said, call the ambulance. And that was it. I passed out on the floor, I think, yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was I was taken to a hospital, and then I was med-flighted to um, Boston, Mass General, where they did emergency surgery on me because they mm-hmm. found it through it, uh, whatever, uh, MRI or thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then yeah, you so woke up like, and you were literally in this whole new world. Um, oh, so yeah. what was like and that, that like, I knew to wake me. up? 
What? What was what? it like when you woke up? Well, I did, the thing was, I didn't understand. My brain, I was on such heavy medication, and because um, they did, they performed a craniotomy on me, and mm-hmm. so I had a hemorrhagic stroke, and so my my right side is not good, but it's getting better. It's kind of good, better. And so I am so grateful that I am able to talk and walk. I could not walk before. I was in the wheelchair for a long time. And um, so I've had quite a journey. But I wanted the reason why I wrote this book is like you, just to tell people what I learned through this whole thing. Because I think the caregivers do not understand what to do. So mm-hmm. in the book, it's it's quick. It just gives like a brief synopsis of, I can't even say that word, synopsis of um, <laughs> what, you, what you should do as a caregiver. And because it was very, it's very honest because I am a very honest person to a fault probably. And, um, but I learned so much from this journey from you because I ended up when my brain was finally working right it took a long time it took months and it keeps getting better the neuroplasticity is a great thing because my doctor told me he goes well with a lot of hard work you'll get better so I thought oh three months I'll be better I was Oh my God, it takes years to get better for your yeah. brain to heal. If it ever does, it depends on, I learned it depends on where your rupture was, what part of your brain was affected, um, t- gives you what kind of results you're going to have, pretty much, what it affects. You understand mm-hmm. what I mean? You understand mm-hmm. what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, and I think, you know, so when someone has a stroke or an aneurysm and they're hospitalized and you know, you you clearly had severe physical symptoms with your um injury, you know, I you get some guidance. Um, you yeah. know, with hard work you'll get better, right? But you still, you know, I feel like there's still not enough guidance, there's not enough explanation oh, of what has happened and 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 how you what you need to do to get better like I feel like there's just not yeah. enough guidance no there isn't and that's why I do what I did and that's why you do what you do because <laughs> there is not enough information out there I tell everybody well I don't I don't have a big circle of friends and I you know and um well as you probably can imagine because I that well Getting back, that is why I named my book. I titled it Compassionate Snob. I am not a snob at all, but I worked in the hairdresser, hair stylist industry, right? And they promote, like, I don't want to say fake image, but not a real image. You, like, you're supposed to look good and act right and everything like that. And so a lot of people that came in were, can, I considered, you know, whatever. So I tried to act like that 
right, without even knowing. But I realized once I was isolated, and I realized I'm much more compassionate, hence the title. And people don't understand. They think, oh, why is he calling it that or whatever? And that's why I named it that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I learned and, and a lot. I I, le- I do oh. like the title, you know, compassionate snob, and then washing off the fake. Um, yeah, and you know, I I like. What was your experience? You said you worked, you know, in the hair industry. What was your experience a- after your injury, and like your coworkers and friends? Like, did you find that people just kind of drifted away? No, I and- I I. I, I I'm sorry. I equate my injury with the car accident. You know how people uh, rush to help when they see a car accident, Mm -hmm. right? They stop and they look and whatever, and then they speed up and go on. And that is what happened to me. In the beginning, everyone was there, right? But after a while, everyone disappeared. A lot of people, I should say, not everyone. And so yeah. now I have a very different attitude on, um, like, friends, right? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, actions speak a lot of them more yes. now. Yes. I always say yes. that. Uh-huh. I, you know, I, I think you really kind of nailed it, that friends come and rush to your aid in the beginning, and then they just you know, continue back on with their lives. And actually that's probably when you need them more than, I mean, yes, in the beginning, you know, oh, it's great to have people bring you meals or help, you know, wash the kids or help clean the house, whatever it is. But like, then that all goes away and you're like, but I still can't Mm -hmm. do all of this. And yeah, yeah, it is. It's, it's such an interesting, I mean, I understand, I get it. Like people have their own lives and they do have to attend to their yeah. own life. But yeah. at the same time, like check in once in a while and see how we're doing mm-hmm. and, and don't yeah. ask what we need or how to help just do it because yeah, just, we yeah. often can't articulate what we need. Or if you ask it, we might just get super overwhelmed and not know how to answer you and just say, oh, I'm fine. <laughs> you know, like that's pretty yeah, common yeah. In, in the TVI world. And, you know, instead, just just off, just come on over and bring some groceries or, yeah. you know, bring a meal or send an or Uber Eats help. or do something. Yeah, just help. Yeah. Or, or just, just come sit with me. Yeah. <laughs> That that mm-hmm. I don't care. I love company. My doors always open. And now that the COVID has hit, it it's not possible. And we're used to that. And I thought I would be fine until it went on and on and on. Yeah. And now I'm like, what the hell? But I reached out to a lot of people, but people don't understand. They um, when I don't. Because I'm busy and people are like, uh, why are you bu- what are you busy with? Like they think I'm not busy. I am. Mm-hmm. Takes, like you say, it takes double the energy. It's yeah. like an energy thing. It's neurofatigue. It's overstimulation. Everything that you mentioned in your videos. People mm-hmm. don't understand that. So that is why I wrote the book because I was mad. <laughs> 
(laughs) People don't understand what you're going through. Yeah. Yeah. They think they do, but they don't. And so education, which is a big thing to me now, it wasn't so much before I took it for granted. And so now I take nothing for granted. I educate myself every single day on something, even if it's like 15 minutes, even, but I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to books, audio books. I, while I'm doing things, but it's very hard for me to multitask. Right. I have to concentrate on what I'm doing. Yeah, Mm. me too. Yeah, I cannot listen to an audiobook and do something else. I'm a, my, my audiobooks are when I'm on my walk or when I'm driving. Um, Yeah. And then I love, I love my audiobooks. Um, Yeah. Yeah, but you know, you you mentioned how people are like, well, how are you, like, how could you be so busy? And I mean, I look back to my first, like, couple years, like, I mean, I was constantly going to the doctor, whether it was a therapy appointment or, yeah, you know, and it's like doctor, like, I think I remember keeping track and like, in the first six months, I think I had like 77 appointments. Like, it was insane. And simply getting out of bed in the morning sometimes is all you have the energy for and then you have to yeah. go to the doctor appointment and you you literally have energy for nothing else like you're lucky if you can make yourself nothing. dinner um so you know that's I think really important that people don't understand is just the energy reserves are so depleted yeah I know. um mm-hmm. yeah yeah, and in the beginning, because my sister knew a little bit about it, because I ended up going to her place, which is a nursing home rehab facility, which I call a nursing home. But anyway, so mm-hmm. I went there. I was there for a long time, but they did a lot of physical therapy with me. But they didn't understand Nero, Nero, right? So I I worked. And I got better, but I remember being so overstimulated that looking at the floor, they had um, like this rug with a big pattern in it. And I was just looked down. I, I couldn't even hold my head up, but it's like you with your neck, all the problems in your neck. And so I go to a chiropractor, but not a Nero chiropractor, which uh-huh. wants me to go someday. But I learned a bit because of you. Right. I I didn't know that. I didn't know what that was. And a lot of people don't even know what that is. And when I mention it, like people are like, what are you talking about? Like, I, they're like a lot of things they don't know, but I educated myself on this because I can. I couldn't before. I needed help. But yeah. as my nerves healed and my brain, I did it myself. And I think, you know, that's the the fact that you had to learn everything yourself, right? Like you had to jump Mm -hmm. in and watch videos or listen to books or whatever it was, podcasts. Um, You know, I feel like that's the struggle with all of us is like, there's, there's nobody teaching us this, like, that like yeah you think that your doctors mm-hmm. should give you references and referrals and, and they, they don't because they don't know they, I mean I mean they should no. by now but they don't and no I, I think that's 
the most exhausting part of all of it is having to sift through everything. You know, I, I was two and a half years yeah. in before I found, you know, functional neurology and yeah. it's like, oh my God, if I'd have found this two years ago, how different would my life be? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I think that's yeah. a really I important think, point. Yeah. And that thing, because like I wrote this book and I sent a copy because now I have a specialist. He is a neuro, he sent me to vestibular therapy, but the place I used to go to, they didn't offer vestibular therapy there. I had to find it on my own by myself. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I need guidance. I need guidance. It's like the doctor said, I'll get better and let me go. But the reason I sent this book to people, I did send it to people, and um, a doctor said to me, she goes, it's good for the doctors to know how you feel as a patient they don't know it's like they fix they're like a car um automotive person they fix what's Mm, broken but that's it you drive away and that's it and they're on to the next thing right and i am good Uh for, for that but i want to educate other people like you do it's so not talked about and people are like, and that's why I'm out there. And I put myself out there. I'm like, I don't care what people think of me. And um, I I think that a lot of people do. And um, I don't care what people think. But because um, I'm very honest, I'm very raw about what I say. And I think I don't know for a fact. I don't know. It's just my assumption. That I go on. I think that people think I'm like stepping on people's toes when I go to things or whatever. I am not doing that. I'm just trying to educate people. I'm not trying to step on people's toes. Like I joined when I was better, I went to Lions Club because I wanted to start helping people. And they were people there are like they've been there so long, and but they think I think that they might have thought I was stepping on toes, but I wasn't at all. They just uh-huh. went around me, right? But uh-huh. I listened to everything. And so I just sit there and listen. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I can relate, I you can know, people, people think I have some sort of agenda with my advocacy work. And it's like, yeah, my agenda is to help people. <laughs> like, yeah, I, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I, it's just, it's, it's really interesting how, um, you know, the brain injury world is huge. There's millions of us, but yet it's oh, a small yeah. community um, and word gets around. So, <laughs> you know, it's good. It's all those haters, like, why are you even listening if you're hating? So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't get it. But um, what I want to say, I was on Facebook. And like I didn't understand, I didn't get the group of people, so I went to them. Which people say, "Oh, just mess around with it, figure it out." Yeah, right. This is what I mean. Like someone could have helped me with Instagram, but I ended up buying a course on how to do it because I didn't know mm-hmm. how to do it, and no yeah. one was gonna teach me. They're like, "It's mess hard around to it. learn a new platform." Yeah. Oh my God! Is it ever. And then, um, but I found on Instagram a community of people that have 
have embraced me and are trying real hard because it's everybody. It's not just one person. It's a collective group of people. And I think that um, everyone wants to help. The people that I have talked to or whatever, they have helped. And there are a bunch of foundations that are starting now that are trying to help people. Like on the back of my book, I have BAF, the Brain Aneurysm Foundation. They have helped tremendously. And um, and, and you and everybody um, like like I went to Washington with them, right? And yeah. for advocacy day, I know you do a lot. You do a lot for the TBI community, mm-hmm. and that is so good to educate people. That is just why I went. I went a couple times, but right now, you know, <laughs> you wouldn't go. But um, but that is why I do it. People are like bulldozers right there run right over you and just let them you'll have your turn and but I like you I I make myself known I put myself out there a little bit but you know it's hard what you're doing is people don't realize it's a lot of hard work yes not only Mm -hmm. are you trying to heal yourself but you're trying to help others at the same time right and it's a lot of work and I really really acknowledge that and respect that everybody that is trying to help I really respect mm-hmm. yeah and you know I feel like often many of us who have been through a form of brain injury you know we're we're called to try to be advocates and help others and some are able to do it more easily than others right like oh yeah we all have different abilities after our injury we all have different yeah. levels of energy and you know just mm-hmm. just start small mm-hmm. and and do what you can right like what would be your yeah. advice yep my advice what would you say I'm sorry yeah what would be your advice to someone who wants yeah. to be an advocate um I would just start small and I would go on online and just start putting yourself out there, your stories. That was what I would do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, But like my sister gave me very good advice in the beginning. She said, um, I could not drive. So, she, and I was home alone because everyone went back to work and here I am by myself. And people didn't understand. So I, like the calendar, all that thing that you mentioned, right? You need that. But my sister, getting back, this is my problem. I go from one thing to another. I have to stay on track. But (laughs) one thing I did was my sister told me, she goes, I will call the local senior center. They have exercise classes there. And they have a bus, and they will pick you up with me in, right? So I couldn't drive. So she called and set up them to come pick me up. And most people, a lot of people that have strokes or whatever, the younger. But I'm like, I don't, I don't care what people think. I don't mm-hmm. care. I'm going to get better at in the cost. So I went to the senior center. I went to exercise classes. And I, I still do that. But now they're on Zoom, 
and I do oh, it all, all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do That's it all great. the time. I, I'm by myself, and I go for walks, and I do things like that. I couldn't even walk before. So for me to walk is like by myself, unattended, is huge. And people, I don't know if they realize, I really don't care. At first, I had a physical therapist come to the house, and she helped me walk. I was like, oh, my God, I'm so afraid of doing this. She goes, let go. I was shaking. I was all over the place. I was afraid to fall. And my daughter always says to me, why are you wearing gloves? I'm like, I wear gloves all the time. Like, I go, in case I fall, I have something on my hands to protect me. That's why I wear them. And uh, it's little things like that that I do. But I think exercise is a huge thing for your mental health. And people don't want to do that. But but I, I do it not. I tell myself it's not an option. It's not an option. I have to do it. I would not know where I would be if I didn't do it. So I do it, even just stretching out, even if you can't get out of bed, do your leg, lift your leg, do exercise in your bed to start a little bit. And if you don't have the energy, you need to balance everything. Everything, as you know, is balanced. Like when you need a rest, you have to take a rest when you're overstimulated, when you have neurofatigue. When you have a little bit of energy, with, oh my God, you describe it so good about the money. Like you have $5 a day and what are you going to use that on? And so I use your analogy a lot to people to explain it. I say I have $5 a day and I understand now what you mean about hats and below drying your hair and take a shower and getting ready. People take that for granted. And I used to, and now I'm like, oh, my God, what am I going to use my energy on today? Every day is something I try to not do the same things and, and do different things because it's good for your brain, to for um, your nerves to grow. So I do different things, but I have to have a thing every day, a calendar, I need to know, they taught me at, um, when I was in, um, I went to um, Boston Rehab, what, I forget, what's it called, Um, not Michelle, anyway, so I went there, and they taught me that you stay on current events a little bit, a lot of negativity I tried to stay away from because I'm a very positive person, But at the same time, I'm a realist, and I want to stay educated on what is going on. So I know what day it is. I do what I have to do. I watch a little bit of news. I educate myself a little bit. But I move on with my day, and I do different things. I exercise. I do grow. You talk about, oh, my God, the groceries and bringing them in and that kind of thing. I am like... Like, so grateful that I found a community of people that understand what you're going through, what everyone's going through in this community. Mm-hmm. But I want to educate, help educate other people 
that don't understand the normies or whatever you call them. I want to them to like my my own family. I think they get it, but they don't get it. So, like some people understand. Like my mother will call me, still so like, "Oh, I never see you. What did you do today?" I go. What did not do today? <laughs> I have been busy, and I don't mean like a dig at someone, like I have better things to do, but I don't think people understand that I just to um, pick up and clean my room and take care of myself is a big thing, and take care of my daughter and everything I have to take care of, like my dog. Like, they're little things, but they're big things. My friendships with people. And that's why I don't call people, because, like, I'm, I don't want to say I'm busy, but I am educating myself <laughs> and doing things around the house. So I love that that there are people out there that understand, and you're one of them, to help other people understand what we're going through. I talk a lot. (laughs) But that's why I'm here to educate people about overstimulation, neurofatigue, that memory, that kind of thing. And I don't even think that like people that are around us even know all that because they're busy with their own lives and doing what they have to do, right? So I'm here doing it, doing, trying my hardest. And this book, I don't even know how I wrote it. I don't even know how. And it was very early on when I wrote it. So a lot of people that, um, it's good for caregivers to understand a little bit of what people are going through because I don't think they completely understand and the effects like I said are whatever in your brain gets hit or whatever you are a concussion survivor so it's different but it's the same everybody's injuries are different but they're the same it's so um, crazy. People ask me all the time, like, oh, so-and-so had a hit, hit the head or whatever. I go, people, first of all, think concussion and how bad it is. And, like, it's an old, like, they're learning. So, as you know, so much, so much information right now. There's so much new information, but people are brought up with the old information, and they think it's right. Guess what? It's not. You have to be progressive, and you have to stay progressive if you want to get anywhere. And that's what I have to say about that. Hello, Amy? Madison. 